addicted to psychics. <laughs> low key addicted to what? Psychics. I'm low key addicted oh. to psychics. I did not know that actually. Oh, I have a whole bit. It's on my album. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Nice. Hey, speaking of your album, uh, I guess you know what. Actually, let's introduce ourselves first. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And we're here with comedian Desiree Walsh. How you doing, Desiree? Hi, I'm good. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us. No problem. Hey, so yeah, right off the bat, you did mention your comedy album. Uh, tell us a little bit about your comedy album. Um, It's called Everybody Panic. It was released on March 6th. Um, through the record label Howl and Roar. Um, that's a Canadian comedy record label. Um, and it can be found pretty much anywhere you stream music. So like Apple Music, Spotify, um, Amazon has music now. Um, wherever, I guess, music lives, you can find my album. That's awesome. Called Everybody Panic. At, or you can just like type in my name, Desiree Walsh, and you'll get it. Nice. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. That's super awesome. Mm-hmm. Thanks. And then it's it's cool because you came out with an album recently, and then uh, just before that, you came out with like a special, right? A comedy invasion. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was wild. Um, I'm part of the comedy series Comedy Invasion. Um, my particular episode is called Wheelchair and I because I use a wheelchair. I'm I'm not just like eccentric. Um, <laughs> I, I am disabled. Um, yeah, and that that is on um, Amazon in America, to be in America and Canada, and um, Roku in both America and Canada, and then also on Asian movies. Oh. Nice. The producer is Asian, so it makes sense. Okay. Okay. Oh, there nice. we go. Yeah. That is awesome. so exciting. That yeah. is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And that was an opportunity through Zoom comedy. Wow. That's yeah. pretty exciting, too. Yeah. I met a comic. I did an open mic based out of LA, and I met a comic um, named Craig Applebaum, and he's friends with the producer um Quentin Lee and I guess Quentin was trying to put together this special because he is Asian Canadian but he lives in um Los Angeles um or California maybe Berkeley I forget um Ooh, anyways awesome. that that's a place I think this, <laughs> anyways, that is a place yep he lives in America but he's um Canadian and I guess he had success he put together an Asian American comedy special and was able to sell it to Peacock. And then he thought it would be nice to do like a diverse Canadian special with like oh. all types of different comedians from Canada, um, which is where he is from. Um, and so he asked 
I guess they were sitting around one day and he asked his friend if he knew any disabled women comedians <laughs> who could do 30 minutes. And this guy was like, actually, I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he would have never met me had the world not shut down and Zoom comedy had happened. So wow, everyone awesome. who says Zoom comedy is stupid, <laughs> you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like a uh, uh, quick sidebar. I like your post where you're like, I'm on Zoom comedy show. Shut up, they're fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody's are. always like, I don't like Zoom. Like, I don't like it. But like, they're really like, obviously, they're not the same as like live yeah, performing. Right. And like, I agree. But like, they're they're fun, and I've met a lot of people, and it's better than. Like feeling sorry for yourself mm-hmm. while the world shut down, mm-hmm. and they're good yeah. for also wheelchair accessibility. Right, I was gonna say you, uh, every Zoom hard. show is accessible. You don't have to worry about yeah, yeah. a bathroom, a ramp, nothing. You just mm-hmm. go, you turn on your computer and go. Yeah. Uh, one another thing about Zoom comedy that I like about you is uh, you start off all your sets on Zoom by saying, "Hey, I am in a wheelchair. Just so you know, I'm not an <laughs> asshole." <laughs> Yes. Have you had people uh, call you names, like not call you names, but like like say, why are you saying wheelchair jokes? Once, um, so once while I was doing Zoom, I forgot to say that, and I mentioned that I liked doing Zoom comedy because in Toronto, where I live, the bathrooms are in the basement, and like so, peeing is not a luxury I have. And no one was laughing and they were all just kind of looking like really bizarre. And then I was like, oh, wait, you guys don't know. Like, I use a wheelchair. I'm just not like some stuck up princess who won't use a public bathroom in a basement. She doesn't like basements or what? (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. That's great. Mm Oh man! So back to the uh, the specials and things like that. So the comedy invasion. Uh, I wanted to ask you specifically: Did you do that on Zoom, or did you do that like at a at a physical place? No, for the specials, they they flew me to Vancouver, which is a province or not? Wow. As a city in um, that's a city in British Columbia, which is a province in Canada. Um, they flew me to um, British Columbia, and then he rented like a a venue and they filmed the special it was all very like professional wow yeah yeah it was pretty great was there was there catering involved oh my goodness there was (laughs) sort of i've always wanted to do a comedy show and get catering i think that'd be awesome we kind of did all on the weekend though they had food there yeah they had gatorade and snacks oh heck yeah that's that's a way to get me going yeah we got to we got to order um like dinner Ooh, it was sushi i was a little bit nervous so i didn't eat a lot of my dinner but it was it was good did they film um just you because i know each one is like their own episode so what they did is he took a weekend. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he took a weekend. Um, he took a weekend and on Saturday night I shot and then after right after my special, another um woman comedian shot. And then after we did that, then they had a later show on Saturday and two other okay. comedians filmed and then they did the same thing on Sunday, but I wasn't there. 
Nice. Okay. So like two at a time and then two yeah. tapings per day. That's neat. That's yeah. really neat. Yeah. Yeah. What about your album? Like where did you record that and how did that go? Well, that is, that is an interesting story because that also started on Zoom as, as you know, as we, we met friends at home, we met on Zoom. Um, I, me and my friend Kelly Zemeckis were doing. Ooh, um, shout like out to six, Kelly. Yeah, she, her album dropped today. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. That's super April awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's also available everywhere you listen. <laughs> quick, like, uh, quick pr- commercial for Kelly's album. <laughs> yeah. Just some copy. Um, anyways, so as you know, me and Kelly were doing like six Zoom shows a day. And then one of our friends, um, Dan Rosen, was like you should do an album taping on Zoom, um, because I I always before my album came out I always would tell people that one of my goals in comedy was to make an album, even though I wasn't sure who was gonna buy it beyond like my sister and my mom. Um, <laughs> so many comedians have albums, and I didn't really understand like what the draw was. Um, anyways, I've now gotten on the bandwagon, but. His idea was to originally tape it on Zoom. So we did that. And then we invited um, some of the execs from Howl and Roar to come. And they did. And then after we had a meeting with them, and basically, um, you can't play a Zoom file on the radio because radio stations have standards. And that Zoom file is either too small or too big. I forget. Um, but then Howl and Roar was like, we can tape the album again and like do it live. And then that album will be good enough to go on the radio and stuff. So me and Kelly said, okay. And then, so we did it in the summer. We did a um, album taping. And my only caveat was I would like it to be completely wheelchair accessible because um, I, I have like lots of people who like me also have wheelchairs. Um, it's bizarre. But yeah, so we taped it in an art gallery, a small art gallery in oh, Toronto, wow. and it was nice. That's incredible. Yeah. Did, did, so did Kelly tape hers at the same time? Yeah, yeah. We did um, a back-to-back taping. So wow. for the first show, we had two shows in one night. And so for the first show, I went first and Kelly went second. And then... For the second show, Kelly went first and I went second. That's incredible. And we did 30 minutes. Wow. And I, I bet, you know, either one of you guys couldn't ask for a better person to be up there yeah. with. No, no, really. I was so happy to share it with Kelly. Wow. And like that was one of my cat. Like when I, Howl and Roar suggested doing the album live, I was, I was worried they just wanted me. But then I found out they also wanted Kelly. And then I felt so much better. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It was nice. Again, cool. though, that happened because of Zoom. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would have like had I just been doing regular in person comedy. I don't think I would have thought of like putting together an album. Yeah, right. Yeah, I never thought about that. My album no. would be like seven minutes though. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be the joke about the stairs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
And then um, you would never date a comedian because your wife. <laughs> that's a hey. That one. That one hits, man. I told yeah, that one on Saturday, yeah. and the place good. roared. Even non-comedians love it. <laughs> it's true, though. I would never date a comedian because my wife is also a comedian, and she might know her. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that, that to is, happen. That is. Um, you mentioned uh, a lot of people that like you are also in wheelchairs. Do you do any like wheelchair? Like, like, is there like a like? shows like for wheel- people in wheelchairs specifically or like is there like a market for that that you kind of lean towards sort of I'm not really but sort of um I've been asked by a lot of like disability I guess like disability support groups or like disability organizations to do like corporate events for their members so in that way yes I have like a little bit um yeah. And I've done like I have done a couple shows where it's all been people with disabilities um which has been kind of interesting. Um I'm I'm a really big advocate though of just making accessible like inclusive venues so that like yeah. everyone can come and we don't have to have like a special show for the differently abled to watch yeah Yeah. you're right about that and you're right and then like even if you're like you're not planning on other wheelchair accessible people needing to be there like somebody needs to lead that march Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. otherwise it's gonna get it's gonna get just ignored and we can't have that yeah Yeah. the reason why i asked that was because on saturday uh we did a big show and I don't know if you know Elvin McGlente. He was big on Zooms for a while. Yeah. Yeah, he was the headliner. He's a blind oh, really? comedian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there was a bunch of like, I mean, not a bunch, but there were some blind people that came to the show because he's part of that community and they came to support mm-hmm. him. And I thought they that were was so happy. Yeah, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. They loved it. And he did a bunch of blind jokes and <laughs> they loved it. Yeah, but like that's what happens. Like um, disabled people are like ants. <laughs> like once there's one, um, more of us will come. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant they live underground. <laughs> we, we also live underground. Yeah, yeah. They I'm actually speaking food. to you live from a sewer, like a ninja turtle. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that I was super surprised about, um, because. Uh, I think both of you and Kelly were able to make it to last year's Riot Girl Fest. Yes. And you were beaming about how accessible it was, everything. And I was like in shock because I was like, wow, with how much work she does, it should be accessible everywhere in, in where you live. Yeah, we don't, we don't have, um, Canada's working on it. We're going to hopefully get um, an accessible Canada Act soon with like some actual legislation inside of it. Um, But we don't have like a federal disability law like the states. So um, currently it's kind of just up to the provinces to do whatever. Um, And like the province I live in, Ontario, has a an accessible or accessible Ontario act um but it's not it's more of a suggestion than like <laughs> yeah an like, actual we really law this, so like if please. we were if we were to build a comedy club like we could get like building code information on how to make it accessible but if we decided no that's too expensive 
for comedy club. We're just going to put stairs in. The only way we would really get in trouble is if somebody tried to access our comedy club with the stairs and then was like, I am upset. I'm going to file a human rights complaint with the tribunal. And then they're backed up pretty far. So like it would take a long time because they would also have to like deem it valid. So that would um, just sit in a folder for a, a year. Yeah, a year yeah. Like so, it's it's not like we have. It looks good on paper, and we have it. And like some people do try, but it's not like it's not the same as you guys. And yeah. like that was something that was really like it was really nice to just be in like Los Angeles and just be like, I'm sure this will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> And have it actually be fine, <laughs> rather than being like, no, like it, we need, we should call, and then maybe we should not go. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was like that was really fascinating. Like I got to do, um, we went to the Hollywood Improv Women's Open Mic, and like the fact that a major comedy club wow. has a women's open mic on a Friday at four p.m. is is amazing but then like excuse me when we got there like it was accessible to get in and then there was stairs up to the stage and I didn't want to say anything because I was afraid they'd be like oh like you you can leave now (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't say anything and was just like I guess Kelly will help me (laughs) Um, Kelly was a real trooper through that whole like um trip um but and they they drew my name because it was a bucket mic and I screamed like I was on a game show because I didn't have a chance to talk to the host. So screaming like you're on a game show helped. <laughs> and then one of the staff came up to me and was like, Are you Desiree Walsh? Are you just really excited she is met? <laughs> and I said, No, that I was Desiree Walsh. And she said, Okay, we're just we're just gonna go get a ramp. And I was just like, what? And like in three minutes, they had like a safe, portable ramp to the stage. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I haven't seen it, but I've heard rumors that the San Francisco punchline also has like a, uh, like a temporary ramp they can just set up. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That is really cool. Which is something you don't see very, you don't really see that in um canadian comedy clubs that that was exciting that is exciting was it your first time in the states i no, i'd been to florida a bunch i used to competitive swim so i'd been to florida a bunch of times and then i'd been to texas um a couple of times too that's cool your first time for comedy though and and i've i've also been to whitewater wisconsin but that was my first um time in the states doing comedy and it was it was okay. great wow it was is great that's like cool <laughs> was wisconsin <laughs> was wisconsin as accessible as la though um so i was 11 and i was at a wheelchair basketball tournament um at the university of whitewater and they um the states has um collegiate wheelchair basketball um at their universities oh wow so the universities that have basketball teams are usually pretty accessible. 
Yeah. And then Plus, like 11 year olds, sorry, like 11 year olds are probably easier to lift than a full adult. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's not like we were trying to get into bars in the club. <laughs> right. Yeah. The Walmart where we bought the pods was very accessible. And like the McDonald's was also very accessible. Yeah. Walmart's and, McDonald's like, the are actual flat. university <laughs> was accessible too. But like I'm not, I can't give you a report on the bars or the strip clubs or the comedy clubs. Like, I, didn't get I don't the even know the strip if those club. are things. <laughs> I can't make it rain from the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, at what point in your uh, in your life did you decide that you were funny and you wanted to start doing comedy? Um, I think around thirty three. Um, I'd just gotten a job at the bank and um, I had a little bit of extra income and my friend's roommate had just finished a comedy course at Second City and she met her husband there. Like she met a man and now they're married with a baby. None of they, they do not do stand-up comedy anymore. (laughs) Um, But I was like, oh, like, this might be a good way to meet someone. And, like, everyone always tells me I'm funny at work. Um, So I I took a stand-up comedy course at Second City. And I I didn't end up getting a partner, but I got this lovely career. And I'd say, and I'm sure you can agree, this is far better than love or a baby. Yeah. Well, most of the time, if you do well. I feel like yeah. sometimes when I, when I don't do well, I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah. What was it like? Uh, what was the comedy class like? Did they just, like, teach you joke structure and things like that? Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, my course was taught by a man that used to work for Yuck Yucks, which is um, a major comedy club in Canada. And he's, he was retired, so he went over, like, joke structure and kind of how to write jokes. And then he also, like, sort of talked about, like, how, I guess, the business is and, like, the environment and sort of what to expect. Um, so that was really good. And then he was really focused on helping us create, like, a a cohesive five minutes that wouldn't like you could take it to an open mic and people oh, wow. wouldn't be like oh my god get her off the stage <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like i thought it was worth it i also thought it was like a good jumping off point because before mm-hmm. getting into comedy if you had been like where is the comedy in toronto i would be like well there's jock yucks downtown an absolute comedy also downtown and neither of them are accessible. So uh I I that is it. Um but there's lots of like smaller shows and open mics around town um that I don't think I would have found out about had I not taken a course at Second City. Wow. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. Second City is dope. Yeah, it really is. A lot of we've actually talked to a lot of comics who who have taken courses there. Not a lot, but a few and things like that. That's awesome. People make fun of it, but I think it's really helpful to like take a course and kind of learn joke structure and like work with somebody. Um, So you're not just like, because open mic, like going to your first open mic is pretty scary. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was 
but it's less scary if you have five minutes of material you know works that's been kind of vetted by another comedian. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if everybody feels that way, but that's how I felt. And then, and then also, like if you're if you're doing a a class and you're on stage in the class in front of people, then when you go to open mic, it's not really your first time on stage. Yeah. So you have a little bit of a little bit of experience at that point being on stage in front of people. Yeah, that was that was another thing is um, after the first one, they do like a little recital and you get to go on stage in front of your friends and family. Oh, and it's, wow. it's far more supportive than an open mic. <laughs> but like it's, it's yeah, a good sure. first experience. And then you go to the open <laughs> mic and are like. <laughs> Oh, but because you've had that first experience, you're like, it's okay. I'm just going to keep going. It's like the first time's in a safe place, and then you go out into the wild. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have stand-up two and three, um, and those are more like you an open mic. Like, you go up every week, and you write new material, and then you get feedback. So that's also a good way to get that is stage really cool. time where no one's going to throw a beer bottle at your head. <laughs> we hope not anyway. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I that's like that cool. idea because uh, when I started, um, it really wasn't like, for me personally, it wasn't like there was signs everywhere. This open mic, you can do whatever you want. Try it out. And I really had to kind of like, uh, search around for them and found out there was like this whole almost comedy underground of places that I yeah. had, I'd never noticed that they did come yeah around. that's, that's the same with Toronto it's like <laughs> if I was a normal person I I wouldn't right <laughs> like beyond making a terrible mistake about where I wanted to go for dinner I would never <laughs> know <laughs> um same I mean similar for me too like I wanted to do comedy uh, but all I, all I knew was the comedy that was on TV. And it's like, well, how do you go from watching this on TV to being there, you know? Mm-hmm. And then Athena came into my life and she was already doing comedy and she just kind of helped me, you know, get the ball rolling on it. And here we are. I found a partner too. I was like, I found these two places. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go. <laughs> yeah pretty exciting stuff i like it i think that it's very important for people to learn joke structure yeah um, simply because yeah. when you're just winging it for the first yeah. time out there you don't realize how long a minute actually is yeah oh yeah that's true yeah and, and then like punching and then punching up making sure yeah. you're punching up a joke or like sometimes you'll hear uh you'll hear a, a new comic and you're just like this person has no idea what they're doing <laughs> yeah (laughs) they say like when i first started doing comedy uh they say it takes you like 10 years before you really know what you're doing in comedy which is insane i've been doing it for over 10 years and i still don't know what i'm doing 10 years without help from anyone i think that's yeah 10 years years, like if you're on your own you know (laughs) no no books no friends (laughs) just me that's me man that's me i didn't take a class i just Tie myself to a back of the car and ran. Oh <laughs> ran with it. <laughs> what was the uh, the transition like for you when the pandemic hit and uh, you started going to the Zooms? Was that an easy transition for you? Well, it was actually really interesting because um, at the start of the pandemic, like 
my the job I had at the time was never ever supposed to be like a work from home job um and so the bank I worked for had trouble because also the network was never supposed to have all its employees all at once working from home on it um so my hours were a bit crazy um but once that got worked out and oh, I they had to, being, sorry, I'm gonna stop you for a second. So they had to like stagger you guys kind of in a way? Yeah, yeah. Like at wow. one point I was working like five PM to like midnight. Oh um, but like once um that worked out and stuff and like I started I was initially pretty scared and depressed about like just the general fact that the world seemed to be yeah. shutting down. Yeah. Um once that kind of evened out, I started to feel better. And then someone had originally told me was like, like all of the Zoom mics are Americans and they're like worse than the grossest boy in Canada. <laughs> oh, I like, oh, but I don't, I don't really want this. But then I went to a Canadian, like just a Canadian Zoom mic. And that was pretty good. And I remember like it was kind of when we thought things were going to get better. Like three weeks. Remember, we'll, we'll just be shut down for like three weeks and we'll be fine. Yeah. And I remember lying in my bed thinking like, what an opportunity I had missed because like Zoom mics literally had no like accessible barriers. And I was like, I've oh, I've missed such an opportunity and now things are going to get better. And like, I'm not better. And the universe just kind of went, Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were shut down for three years. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. But then I went, what was interesting is I went after that one Canadian open mic, I went to a mic based out of Chicago and the Americans were lovely. Like, and I was like, I didn't know what this other person was talking about because at the mic, like, there were women. And there were like queer people. I realize all of these can ha- be intersections, but like BIPOC people and like white men with hats and like <laughs> white women. And we were all just like having a lovely time respecting each other. And I was like, this is better than any open mic I've ever been to in Canada. And it was, it was great. And then I was hooked because like, I live in the Eastern time zone, so I can do like mics in California as long as I don't sleep. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, So it was, it was great. And Americans are surprisingly nice. I remember like you could do like mics all day, all night. Yeah. Yeah. You were on it. You were on it for sure. That was good times. I miss Super Saturday. What's Super Saturday? Um, it's something I made up. (laughs) (laughs) You would, you would wake up at like 2 p.m. because you went to bed at 2 (laughs) a.m. And then you would get a coffee and then there would be the women's mic at 4 p.m. based out of San Francisco. And you do that mic. And then, um, that mic would be over by like, like 5.36. And then, You'd have like one hour and then there'd be another mic from Chicago that would come on at like seven, I think. And then that mic, you you do your set and then you'd leave and there'd be another mic 
based out of Chicago and you do that. And then um, after that, Mike, I think you'd be done for a little bit. And then Tara's like Russian roulette would come oh, on at 11. Wow. And that was that was super Saturday. <laughs> oh my gosh. The Russian roulette was the best. Such it was. A great idea. Yeah. Love it. It got a little chaotic because there were so many people and I really loved it. So yeah. it did get a little chaotic at one point. A little but wedge slices. Yeah. It was smaller. Absolutely. It was absolutely yeah. so much fun. I loved it. And it was stuff like paperclip. One of my <laughs> one of my favorite moments on the Russian roulette was I was telling this story about how I used to work for Greenpeace, right? Telling this big, long, dramatic story. And then during my set, Rachel Rothenberg messages me during my set, did you really work for Greenpeace? And then I changed my set to about how I was lying about working for Greenpeace. <laughs> it was it was great. I loved it. Yeah. I like it. I, I also, like, one of the things that you had mentioned is the accessibility factor of having all those mics available on Zoom is amazing because it was, I mean, even if you uh, didn't have disabilities that would make it difficult for you, having the ability to go from mic to mic to mic within your own home, not having to spend the gas, not having to buy, you know, the drink minimums and pay fees or any of that stuff. It was really helpful. And then you had a lot of your comedy peers who could come up to you after one of your sets and be like, Hey, you did a really good job. I really enjoyed your jokes and the the things you wrote about. And it just made such an amazing impact on, I mean, for me personally, I, it made a huge impact on me. So I, I know that it did some good. Yeah. 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 And like in real, real life, Mike's like, you tell somebody a good set because they got off stage and they're next to you, you know, but like <laughs> in zoom, you can really like, you know, pick and choose who you tell a good set to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was good it was really fun though um yeah. like during the the peak of it man like you said super saturday like, yeah it was almost like super every day yeah yeah and then we were doing uh this really fun thing called the uh uh world tour the hypothetical world tour mm-hmm. where every saturday super saturday uh i would uh do a mic in a time zone of a different country and feature their comedians like their local comedians oh, wow. that country yeah and we then. did we did germany we did amsterdam we even did China. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, we did a lot. We did. A, it was really fun. Which we wouldn't really be able to to get the opportunity to. If, yeah, you know, the Zoom open mics and and comedy wasn't available. Like out of like being international, that's that's wild to us. Just uh, from our own home, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Absolutely. So during the pandemic, you and Kelly started a mic. And I noticed that uh, your mic or show showcase has actually transitioned from Zoom to in-person comedy. How was that transition for you? Um, It's been pretty great. One of the things that was good about the pandemic is one of the comedy clubs here called Comedy Bar um, is like not accessible and the the man who runs it has been like actively trying to um, make it accessible but there's not oh, that's good there's not a lot of support from like the municipality to make businesses accessible so that's hard so he ended up making another comedy club on like the other side of town wow it's like comedy bar danforth because it's on the danforth 
Um, and that is fully accessible. So that is where the live um, Kelly and Desiree host a book mic not yet sponsored by Uncrustables happens. <laughs> and that like that's been really good. And it's it's been nice to be able to like um, put some of our Toronto friends that might not be doing Zoom mics. I love that. Yeah, it's been good. That's awesome. I love that. And awesome that like he was fighting for accessibility. Yeah, right. That's amazing. And it's it's weird because, you know, you in in the in the like when you go, okay, well, we need to get some ramps in here, like I can see the corporations going, Well, there's no money in that. You know, it's gonna cost us money and there's no money in that. But it's like there is in the long run because Mm -hmm. you're gonna have more customers because more people are able to come to your shows. There's no money Mm -hmm. in it in the first six months, maybe, sure. But like in the first six years of it, you'll be probably making that money back. Yeah. Well, as I said, cripples are like ants. <laughs> <laughs> like once we know, we're bringing our friends. Yeah. yeah exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Bringing your friends, and your friends won't be there if you're not there. Mm-hmm. It's so, true. Yeah. Uh, you do a really good joke uh, about um, people having sex in the handicap stall. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Has that been something that you really experienced? Yes, yes. That, that's that's um how the joke came to be. Um, so it's happened a couple times, but the the story of how that joke happened is my I'm a twin, and she's also in a wheelchair because God has a sense of humor. And we were out for dinner one night, and um, she was like, "I have to go to the bathroom." And then so she left to go to the bathroom and then like in two minutes she came back and I was like, oh, that was fast. And then she was like, yeah, there was somebody in the accessible stall. And I was like, oh, why didn't you wait? And she said, "Uh, because it was two people and I'm pretty sure they were having sex. And I said, how do you know? And she said, well, it was was like dude shoes. I saw dude shoes and then she was like, but they were facing the other way. And I could hear like sounds that kind of sounded um vaguely sexual. So she was like, I I just laughed. And then she was like, which sucks, because I really actually have to pee. And I said, That's so rude. Like the, at least those people could have done like a once around the bar and at least asked us. <laughs> If we had to pee before they did it, um, and then like I've, I've, I've also experienced going into like a bathroom. It's usually like a very public bathroom, too, so it's um, interesting. And like, there's been people fully, like, usually in bars and clubs, like, fully having sex in oh the accessible stall. And again, so like. Just just do like a once, twice around the bar. Like I won't be mad. Just add. Just grab the grab the microphone from the DJ, be like, excuse me. The handicap stall is about to be in use. Does anybody need to go? Me and this lovely young woman. That is terrible. That is terrible. I've never walked into a bathroom roll. I mean, I guess, you know, you would go to the ladies and I go to the men's, but yeah. I never walked in the bathroom and people were having sex. That is weird. I think, I mean, I haven't done a study, but I would assume that most of this public sex 
probably happens in the women's bathroom yeah, because yeah, it's probably cleaner. a bit cleaner. Yeah, I would imagine. But, but I haven't done a study. But if I was going to have public sex, I would probably pick the, the – and it had to be in a gendered bathroom <laughs> – I would probably pick the women's. Oh my god! I probably would too, <laughs> to tell you the truth. <laughs> but I would try to do it in a regular stall, just FYI. Yeah, oh my because god. you're a decent <laughs> human being. It's still a little bit tight, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's only there's, there's only like three like, other stalls, right? Yeah, like, and I have that one, and it's funny because it's the only joke I get pushback on. Like the only joke where like able-bodied people will approach me and be like, "Okay, but what if?" And it's like, "No, no, <laughs> wow. like, I just want this one Dude. bathroom to go pee in." But all you walkies are like, "We need all of the toilets for activities <laughs> and peeing." <laughs> like, well, what if I go really quick? <laughs> no, it's not. No. <laughs> like, Several men have been like, what if, what if there's like, what if it's me and two other broads? And then, no. What? Like, get a hotel this room. Isn't, I know. This isn't like a numbers game. Get a hotel room. Like, oh, well, if it's two women, then that's, that's fine. But if it's one woman, then you're rude. You know what? It's the woman going, uh, it's either now or never. I'm yeah. not going to never, I'm never going to do this unless we do it right now. And the guy's like. Fuck wheelchair people. <laughs> just that moment is just pure evil. We'll find a way to make this happen. We'll find a way. I mean, oh there's a God. baby changing thing in those. They could just put it in there. Lower the thing. Ew. Uh, what are you talking about? Some bathrooms have like a little baby changing little station in there. The table. I, I don't know. Not, you're grossing He's me not out. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, so Desiree, I knew that you were you you had a twin. Uh, but I did not know that your twin is also in a wheelchair. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Um, were you guys like, uh, like, I don't know, what's that like, I guess, for you to have? Because I know that having a twin is crazy, but what's it like for your twin to also be in a wheelchair? I think it was good. Like, I, I, I think when, it, like, I never ever felt alone. Like, a lot of people oh, yeah. um, who were disabled from birth, like, talk about, like, I was the only one in like my small um, mountain town, and like there was always like I always had someone, and like so I didn't really feel alone. And then also, what was interesting about both of us, and I don't understand how this happened, is we didn't really understand we were disabled and it would be a problem till we were like eight. Oh. So, like, if you were like, how come you can't walk? Like, I would tell you. But if you were like, and what does that mean? I would be like, it means I can't figure skate, but everything else is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, basically, you've been funny since you were eight years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's awesome. Does your sister uh, share your sense of humor? Is it fun to just giggle and laugh with her? Yeah, yeah. Actually, she is probably funnier than me. Oh, dang. Um, She's a little bit more outgoing than I am, but is terrified to do stand-up comedy. Um, But we have talked about what happens if there was, like, an accident and she had to go on stage as me. 
Oh, and the, wow. it's the most unnecessary twin prank ever. <laughs> but <laughs> we have prepared. <laughs> wow. Have you guys ever switched? I sort of, not to do stand up comedy though. Right, right. But like on a date or something? Or like. Oh, no. No. Okay. no Usually what it is is if like, um, it was a lot like, if one of us was skipping school and we got caught, um, we'd be like, oh, like, I I did, once I was um, skipping, you know, okay, so I don't know how American school works, but you know how, like, sometimes you go to class and then they take attendance and then you yes. go for a walk out the back door? Oh. Um, so I was, I was going for a walk out the back door. And the, the I don't know why she wasn't in the class, but the drama teacher caught me. It was drama that I was in leaving. And I just was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm Sam. Like, I'm, I'm not in your class right now. I have spare. And she was just like so mortified that she, like, she got it wrong. She didn't let me <laughs> even go. though, she, even though she didn't. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> So stuff like that, more than like... That is so funny. She's all feeling horrible to this day, going, I can't believe I did that to her. I'm the worst teacher ever. I just missed, I just misnamed one of my students. Yeah. She'll never forgive me. That's hilarious. I hope she's listening to this. I hope that she, uh, she gets vindication so for that moment. I knew it! I knew it! And her whole life was based on that one moment. I knew that was Desiree this whole time. <laughs> Everything is clear now. Everything. Is... She has like pictures of you and your sister up going. I think it was her the though. I really think. Like I re- crime scene. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, so you do you do a lot of bits about Uncrustables. Have you had a chance to have some Uncrustables? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, when we went to Los Angeles, um, Cassie Chappelle. I don't know if you guys know her. She's I don't in. think so. In Los Angeles. She's a comic in Los Angeles. She bought me two boxes of Uncrustables. Um, and we tried them and it was great. And then um I don't know if you ever did the like the district comedy mics with Tom Belcher. I don't think so. It doesn't sound familiar. Okay. Um he sent me a box of Uncrustables and then Aaliyah Brown from Philadelphia also sent me um us or me and Kelly a box of Uncrustables. Um, oh. I do like them not in a UPS package <gasps> shipped from the States. Like I do like I guess fresh. Um, <laughs> the ones in California were a lot tastier than the ones that had been in the UPS box. You had to um, visit the Uncrustable factory then. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did like them. And then um, Ira Claiborne came to Toronto for the Far From Here yeah. festival, which was like a Zoom comedy festival live. And she oh, brought cool. over, I don't know how she did it because I think it's, I thought it was illegal to bring peanuts into Canada oh, damn. Um, from the US because it's, um, I don't know why it would be, but I thought it was 
Like, I think it counts as a plant or something. Anyways, she brought a giant, like, Ziploc bag of Uncrustables wow. to Toronto. So you just show. have all kinds of Uncrustables. Oh, I love it. You have more than what you you, you have more than what you can uh, more than you can eat. <laughs> yeah. So which flavors did you try? Yeah, and what's the verdict? Um, the strawberry ones and the grape ones and the chocolate ones. Chocolate ones. Ooh, I haven't tried the chocolate, chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah, no, it's just chocolate. No, it's oh. just it's like a Nutella sandwich. Oh my! I've never had an Uncrustable, and I feel like I've I've heard of them before, but I didn't really pay attention to them until you started talking about them. They're they're pretty good. Nice, nice. So you said you like eating them fresh, but have you tried them frozen? <laughs> I have tried them frozen. I don't really understand the appeal. Well, just put a stick in them and then put them in the freezer. Ooh, it, it's you like eating a terrible like I, I just it's like eating a sandwich popsicle. Which I've never <laughs> wanted. I've never wanted a sandwich popsicle. Is it bread on the outside, or is it like hot pockets? Yes. Kind of? it's no, it's, oh, it it's is like bread. it's like white, like white wonder bread consistency bread. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want peanut butter and jam. I wouldn't want to eat frozen bread. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not weird. like frozen jelly is all right. Like, oh, is that ice cream? Frozen bread, ew. Is that ice cream? <laughs> yeah. No, it's bread. <laughs> wow. Uh, like do you have any like any projects coming up or anything that you're working on? Oh, um, myself and Kelly have um, a, a show coming up April 5th this week at Comedy Bar Danforth. Um, it's Ladies Night. Ooh. Um, so it's all um, women comedians. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I don't have definitely... any. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't have any like big projects coming up. I mean, you just dropped a whole bunch of projects. I feel like yeah. I feel like you're taking a little a little breather yeah. right now, and then yeah. all the other stuff will just start funneling right in. Yeah, yeah, because you just came out with an album and a special, yeah. so I can see, yeah, I can see like everything you everything you're working on kind of came to a head at this point. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I need to write a little. The bit podcast more. definitely won't be out before April fifth, but I hope that you have a fun show. Okay, <laughs> I also have a show April third. 13 at the groove bar. Keep trying, Kelly but it's okay. Be there. Pardon? That's okay. No, I said, I said, keep trying with the dates, but okay. <laughs> Sam be... has a very specific release schedule. For yeah, the it's about, it takes about a month for it to come out or so. Okay. But yeah, that's cool. I hope that people, you know, check out your album um, and then go listen to that because I'm really excited about that and uh, I want to hear it. Yeah. I want to listen to it. I haven't yet, but I want to. It's pretty good. I like it. Awesome. Awesome. Heck yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been really wait, wait, fun. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hey, wait, Desiree. Desiree, you didn't get to tell us about your obsession with psychics. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't talk about that at all. That's right. Thank you. Okay. So Let's I talk am about that before low... we get out of here. Give us a okay. good story. So I am low key addicted to psychics. Um <laughs> I have a whole bit on my album about that I am I am low key addicted to psychics and highly suggestible. Um, I I did a reading with Athena. It was pretty good. You should get one if you're listening to the podcast. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, it, it's good. Um, it it was um, not like the one on my 
my album that I talk about, which is I went to uh, a psychic. Um, I, you know it's legit because it was below a money mark. Oh, yeah. That's how you know oh, a yeah. psychic is legit. <laughs> if they're like, how how close they are adjacent to a payday loan store. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how you know. Um, ideally, you want above a payday loan store. Um, so we went to this woman, myself, and two other comics um, to, to get a psychic reading. And um, the other comics decided that 25 bucks was too much money to spend. But I was just like, here, take all of my money. Do you accept um, Uncrustables as payments? Yeah, <laughs> no. And um, I asked her who I was going to marry. And she said a woman or a man that I worked with that was a little bit younger than me that I talked to every day. And then... She said, is there somebody like that? And I said, yes, but he's gay. And she gave me a look like, like, that's what you think. And I was like, no, like, I have seen this man full on kiss another man at Pride. <laughs> like, he is gay. And she was just like, oh, oh. And I was like, yeah, so who am I going to marry? And she was like, well, not him. <laughs> he's gay. And then um, the other thing she told me is she was like, you're going to take a trip overseas soon. And I, she was like, is, is any, are you traveling anytime soon? And I said, well, I might go to New Brunswick, which is another province in Canada um, that is close to the ocean. So you kind of do fly a bit over the ocean. And I was like, but that's not really overseas. And she was like, but it's near the ocean, so I'm not wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then You're like, I was, okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah. Was she called justified psychic? I think so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I am, but like I believe in all that stuff. Like, like fully love those shows where like something's going on like I would never be like oh like my toilet's running a lot there must be a portal to hell somewhere in my house um but I love those shows where they're like so the toilet's been running a lot we assume there are ghosts like, <laughs> love those shows, and then those women come in and are like yeah like George Washington actually lived here and then, like, they tell you all these things. Fully love those shows. Like, also fully love psychics. Love, like, getting my tarot cards read. Like, you you can tell me it's fake. And I'll just be like, yeah. Because it's still okay. entertaining. Yeah. Either way, you're still yeah. being entertained by the notion that this person thinks that they can see what you're going to do. Yeah. The actuality is that, like, anything you do changes the outcomes so it's like yeah yeah because it's not set in stone what, what's gonna happen to no, you no like it's more i heard an interview with a psychic and she said like it's more suggestions than like actual facts so she, yeah like if she sees you becoming a doctor but you've had your heart set on being a teacher since you were like a child this doesn't mean you can't be a teacher 
it just means like she sees you in more of a medical field but like yeah. if you'd rather be a teacher that's fine or the other way around if, if the cards say that you'll yeah. be a teacher and you never go to school to be a teacher then you won't be a teacher yeah it's true it's yeah. true yeah. Like, well, the card said I'm gonna be a teacher, so I'm gonna sit on the couch until the school board calls me. Yeah. <laughs> to give yeah, me a that's, job. That's not gonna work. No, definitely not. Well, good luck on that guy, Desiree. Yeah, good <laughs> luck. Are you gonna try to turn him? I'm just oh, kidding. Oh my god. No. No. I'm just kidding. Oh <laughs> it's funny. So who am I, I gonna tell him not when him. he thought it was funny? What was that? I told him though when he thought it was funny. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. I just love how, how, well, who then? Well, not him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I was really looking for more specifics. Like, yeah. it'll be a guy in a blue shirt by the Dundas yeah. subway, like, on a Thursday eating a whole... Maybe even, like, a name and a phone number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be helpful. You're like, yeah. let me jump on it first. Maybe he's shy. <laughs> <laughs> let me just give him a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would oh, be yeah. so crazy if you called somebody and were like, "So I got your number from a psychic." <laughs> oh my god! We're supposed to get married what are you doing on Thursday. There's a bit in that. There's a bit. Yeah, I there know is, it. There is a bit in there. There is a bit in there. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh! Wow, awesome. Well, uh, well, thank you so much, Desiree. I had oh, so no much fun. Yeah, it was it was Me so too. much fun and so funny. Uh, yeah. You are hilarious. We love talking to you. Yeah, you guys too. Do you want to uh, plug your social media before we get out of here? Sure. Um, my Instagram is Desiree.Lisa.Walsh underscore. It's all lowercase. Um, and then that's probably the best place to follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my album is Everybody Panic. And that's Ooh. available anywhere you stream music. And then... My special, um, Wheelchair and I, which is part of Comedy Invasion, is available on Amazon, Tubi, and Roku, and AsianMovies.com. Whoa! Hell yeah. Congratulations. You're doing some big things, and that's super awesome. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. You can find me uh, at Funky Sam Medina across the board. And I'm at She Shines for You. And everything else is at Hypothetical Comedy. Thank you again, Desiree. Yeah, thank you for having me.